Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Thanks, we will see you at the bottom of the hour. It's a six and a half minutes past 12. This is a Midday Live on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Of course, our top story at this hour, uh, as we welcome you to the Monday edition of Midday Live, Castle Matale has been recalled as uh, the Premier of Limpopo. He was already, uh, he has already handed his resignation in. Uh, he resigned with immediate effect. Matale handed in his resignation to the Provincial Speaker, Rudolf Pada, this morning. According to media reports, Matale has been told to resign by ANC Secretary General Kwete Mantashe. Mantashe allegedly tracked Matale down in Italy over the weekend where he was uh, on holiday and ordered him to return to South Africa and hand in his resignation. That's our top story this hour. We welcome your SMSs 34701. What do you make of uh, this uh, particular story? And uh, was it to be expected though? I mean, uh, Cousin Matale was, as some would say, a lame duck. Half of his cabinet was administered at national level. He lost the chairmanship of uh, the PEC in March. But generally, I ask this afternoon, what kind of a legacy is Castle Matale leaving behind? We welcome your SMS is 34701, otherwise you can tweet us at Gualabi News at SAFM Midday Live. To confirm this story, I spoke to the head of government communication in Limpopo, Dibazo Mabitsela, to confirm the resignation. We can confirm that uh, the Premier of Limpopo, Mr. Kassel Matali, is in the process of resigning as both the Premier of the province and the member of the provincial legislature in Limpopo. He has sent his resignation this morning to the provincial legislature, and his resignation will be effective uh, subsequent to the sitting of the legislature that will confirm his resignation. Why did he resign? There is a media statement that has been issued to and exactly why he has resigned, and I will refer you to the contents of the statement to check uh, the reasons for his resignation. If you have the statement in front of you, can you read me maybe one or two lines where he's saying these are the reasons uh, for me to step down? I don't have a copy of the statement with me. We have issued a statement to the media to outline exactly why the Premier is resigning. We will refer you to the contents of that statement. What we can confirm is that indeed he is in the process of resigning as the Premier of the province, as the member of the provincial legislature. I don't want to interrogate why, but I just want you as the people who issued that statement to maybe help us with this, the content of that particular statement because you, you, you know it. We haven't re- received that particular statement. We can make it available to you so that you read for yourself the contents of the statement. What we are saying is that the Premier is uh, in the process of resigning of the province and he is also resigning as the member of the provincial legislature. Is he resigning voluntarily or was he pushed? No, what we are prepared to say, say is that we, the Premier of Zimbabwe, Mr. Kassel, is in the process of resigning as the Premier of the province and uh, he is also in the process of resigning as the member of the province in Limpopo. Reasons as to why he is resigning are contained in a statement that we have issued. If you haven't received a copy of that statement, we will make it available to you so that you can read for yourself what is contained in the statement. What will be the process right now? What is going to happen going the forward? Process, the process is, uh, the Premier is at the moment still the Premier of the province. There will be a sitting of the legislature which will uh, confirm his resignation and subsequently, the legislature will have to appoint a, a new premier if it is someone from within the legislature, if that person will be someone from within the legislature. 
it will be an immediate appointment. But if there will be someone from outside the legislature, obviously that person will have to be so it will have to be um, accepted as a member of the legislature first, uh, be gazetted, and then later on uh, be sworn in as the premier, and then the, the province will have another premier. So who is going to make that determination as to who becomes the next premier? The sitting of the legislature is the one that elects the person who will be the premier. But surely you know about it right now. Uh, can you tell us who's going to be the next premier? I don't know who, who the legislature, uh, the governing party in the legislature is going to elect or the legislature is going to elect uh, as the new premier of the province. Talk us through the mood right now in the office of the premier. Surely uh, some people who were attached to the premier in the form of their contracts will have a problem going forward right now. So what is going to happen to them? What is happening as, as we speak? No, no. People who are serving in government know very well that they are public servants. They are appointed to serve the public. They, are, they may work with uh, politicians. And uh, the premier as well himself this morning when he was addressing members of the SNS in the office. He confirmed that uh, he will be leaving, but uh, people should continue to serve uh, the public with uh, commitment and determination. And even people in the office are committed to make sure that the government continues to do its work uh, without any uh, hindrances. And uh, that's uh, Dibato Mabitsela. He's the head of uh, government communication in Limpopo. Well, just uh, to read some of uh, uh, the extracts uh, from um, Tale's resignation letter. Statement on my resignation as the Premier of Limpopo Provincial Government. Uh, this is to inform the public that I have handed a letter of resignation as the Premier of Limpopo Provincial Government and as a member of the Provincial Legislature to the Speaker. This is in line with the decision of the African National Congress to recall me as the Premier of Limpopo Province. As a loyal and disciplined member of the African National Congress for more than 30 years, I have since complied with uh, the decision. Matale also in his resignation letter was quick to highlight some of uh, his government successes, saying that uh, since 2009 to the end of March 2013, we have succeeded in building more than 63,123 houses for our people. This means the African National Congress has managed to put shelter to over 252,000 people in the past four and a half years. We have provided 1.2 million households with water and electricity at RDP level. But uh, in the fight against corruption, Matala says we have never tried to deter any state institution from executing its task. Under all material conditions, we have never sought to channel or redirect state resources to pursue any agenda except the noble cause of uh, realizing the pledges made to our people. Therefore, I have... Uh, I also leave the office of the Premier with my conscience clean that I have never done anything unlawful and an ANC. Just um, some of uh, uh, the, the stuff contained in uh, Castle Matala's resignation letter. A lot of SMSs coming through right here on 34701. We'll be reading those SMSs, but uh, let's go to the mines now and uh, the National Union of Mine Workers fight to regain its majority union stake at the Lonmin Mine in Rustenburg has been dealt a serious blow. The Labour Court struck off the roll an urgent application by Noom to extend its office occupation at the mine. The judge said that uh, Noom had adequate time to query the membership issue at Lonmin. Due to this, he said the case was not urgent. Amco and Noom have been at loggerheads about the number of members each has at the Lonmin mines in Rustenburg. First, let's talk now to Noom spokesperson Lesiba Sishoga. Good afternoon to you, Lesiba. 
Good afternoon to you, Bongi, and to the listeners. How do you react to the judgment by the Labour Court? Well, look, uh, as a union, Bongi, we welcome the judgment by the Labour Court in Johannesburg, uh, especially because one of the issues that we were contending in court was the fact that given the fact uh, that we have got a pending case at the CCMA, which is uh, coming on Wednesday, we therefore appeal to the court to set aside the duty of mission that was means to uh, start tomorrow at Lonmi, because we felt that the case that is appearing at the CMK on Wednesday has got serious implications uh, on the issue of recognition or de-recognition at Lonmin. All right. So, but uh, th- this 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 now is uh, somewhat of a of a serious blow to your attempt to stay in that uh, to continue occupying that office in in Lonmin. Look, uh, it is a blow to us, but it's not a serious blow, given the fact that the case that we are taking to the CMA on Wednesday is a heavy case, uh, particularly on the evidence aspect, because we are saying that a forensic team of uh, auditors has said that there are about 8,000 valid forms at Lonmin, that we have got 30 people who have joined AMCO after they have passed on, that we have got a total of 1,040 forms that were filled by a single person using a similar uh, or one ID number. So that is the case that is going to be sitting on the CCMA. And therefore, on that basis, we felt that we needed to approach the court to say that the issue of de-recognition must be postponed until such uh, time that that case has been completed. Now, uh, does uh, the CCMA matter give you uh, confidence that... Uh even uh, in light of this judgment by the Labour Court, you will still be the majority organisation uh, union in uh, in Longmen, or at least uh, deserve to stay in, the, in in those offices. Of course, we are not contesting the issue of majoritarianism. We are contesting the fact that there is sufficient information that is uh, emerged that indicates that there's been fraud, and we want uh, the CCMA to set aside all those fraudulent forms, whether uh, upon certain such fraudulent forms, uh, forms will mean we are a majority, uh, is an issue that will then be decided by the CMA. Mrs. Shogo, we're talking about fraud here. I mean, 8,000 forms uh, completed by one person, as you say, that is fraud. Have you reported this to the police? Because then it speaks to uh, membership fees also being deducted. So clearly there's, there's an issue of fraud, as you put it, then it needs to be reported to the police. Well, of course, because this uh, is mainly a labor relations issue, that's why we have proposed the CCMA uh, to look into it. Of course, as soon as uh, uh, the CCMA uh, has said uh, it, is, uh, it feels the same or it sees uh, uh, the situation the same, we'll then have to sue if we can pursue criminal issues uh, on, on that matter. AMCO declared uh, majority in one of uh, the gold mines there. Does that concern you? No, we are not concerned that another union uh, is declared as a majority union, provided that that has been achieved uh, in an amicable manner, that there is nothing unto it. If that is the case, we welcome that. It's no problem, because that sets the stage for fair competition. And this is exactly how we feel about the situation in Lonmin, that if it is fair, it's okay. 
But if it has got all these elements that we have uh, just uh, uh, pointed to you, then it's problematic. Thank you very much, Elisiva Sishoka. He speaks on behalf of NUM. Let's say good afternoon now to Joseph Matunjwa. He is the president of AMCO. Mr. Matunjwa, uh, the court strikes off the role and urgent application by NUM to extend its office occupation at Lonmin. Do you feel vindicated? Uh, good afternoon and to your listeners. Uh, I think AMCO does welcome such uh, uh, a pronouncement. And uh, yes, we feel vindicated because you will remember uh, this has not started at Lonmin. NEM started at Impala, where six, months, uh, six days before Christmas they ran to court, which again the court uh, vindicated AMCO. So this was the second attempt in one of the biggest mines of platinum. So it's surprisingly because uh, NUM has a collective agreement uh, with Lon Min. So some of the clauses it speaks to the recognition. So now if the company use those clauses, now they cry foul. But I hope they will take this in the spirit of democracy and freedom of association and move forward. Okay, so, but uh, does it explicitly say that you can then move in now, or is the matter still going to be considered at a later date? Because I see here the court said it was not urgent, but it has not completely been, you know, discarded. As far as I understand, the one, the issue was not urgent, and also there was no merit, I mean, in the case itself. So that means both uh, attempts were struck off uh, with cost. Okay. So it was not just an issue of an agent. Also, the case itself, the judge says it doesn't have any merit. Okay. All right. So what does this mean then? You you need to move into these offices immediately. When when are you planning to do that? I mean, the, I think NEM has got few hours until midnight. Uh, I don't know when we count the hours. But the 16th, they had to vacate those offices. Okay. Uh, not necessarily that maybe AMCO will use the very same facilities. Maybe we'll ask the company to use it for wellness purposes, and they must give us other offices. The issue is not about the structure itself. It's about themselves being at the mine uh, while the agreement doesn't uh, allow them. All right, uh, the, the, the NUM is taking to the CCMA uh, a matter that they feel quite strongly about. Uh, they allege uh, fraud and corruption. They say, uh, for instance, there are about 8,000 forms, and they have proof of this uh, that were completed or filled by one person. What do you know about this uh, particular matter? We only knew when uh, the countdown was not in their favor to vacate the offices. If that was the case, why those members hasn't approached the employer and registered their concerns that their monies were wrongfully deducted from their salaries. What I know, AMCO, AMCO members went to the HR department and notified the employer that we see some fraudulent activities. We've never joined NUM, but we see the deduction in favor of NUM. So these are the two different uh, uh, issues. Uh, because now it's NUM who went to the mine and asked for AMCO uh, stop orders or membership form. In our instance, it's the member who noticed some activities of NUM in their salary. Then they approach the employer. Okay. So it's their right to go wherever 
they they want to go. But I think a union with such an experience to use court to recruit for them, I think it's really, really disappointing. With 30 years of experience using court and judges as organizers, I think it's not yet good. It doesn't show maturity whatsoever. It's a freedom of association, this. Okay, Joseph Matunja is AMCU president. Uh, thank you very much. We'll stay with this story. We'll talk to uh, independent labor analyst Terry Bell in a short while at 23 past 12. Midday live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Our top story this hour, Limpopo Premier Kassel Matale has resigned with immediate effect. He has handed in his resignation to the provincial speaker, Rudolf Pada, this morning. Looking at the markets, gold is trading at $1,283.27 an ounce, platinum at $1,411.80 an ounce. The rand is trading at 9 rand 92 against the U.S. dollar at 14 rand 94 to the pound and 12.93 to the euro. Are you a lover of the finer things in life? Do you have a passion for music, visual art, theatre, cinema, literature and good food? Then Classic Feel magazine is essential reading for you. Published monthly, Classic Feel is South Africa's number one arts, culture and lifestyle magazine. Get the latest issue of Classic Feel magazine now at selected newsagents and bookshops. Find out more at www.classicfeel.co.za. The city of Joburg is implementing several environmental-friendly initiatives. They include solar water geysers, energy-efficient lighting, waste-to-energy, separation at source, alternative fuels for fleet, and cleaner production. Environmental management in caring cities is one of the issues to be discussed at the Metropolis Annual Meeting on 16 to 19 July 2013 under the theme of Caring Cities. Metropolis is a meeting of world mayors who come together to discuss issues of common concern in order to improve the quality of their citizens' lives. Joburg, proud host of world-class events, proud host of Metropolis. Midday Live on SAFM, 104-107. You're still with Midday Live at 25 minutes past 12. Let's welcome on the line now independent labor analyst Terry Bell. Thank you very much for staying on for a while. Terry, really apologize for keeping you so long. But uh, the issue of Noom right now, really, uh, that fight to regain its majority union stake at the Lonmin mine in Rustenburg dealt a serious blow right now. That matter has been struck off the roll, uh, and this, it means now AMCO must move in and occupy those offices. What do you make of this? I think it's something that shouldn't have gone to the labor court in the first place. Questions of union membership in any factory or mine or in any shop floor are usually decided by the workers, their unions, and management. And, Bonky, you were completely right when you raised that issue of fraud. If there's been fraud involved, this is a criminal matter and belongs with the Department of Justice and with the police. It's the same, for example, you know, Num claims there's harassment, violence, intimidation of the majority of miners by vigilantes of AMCU. Now, knowing miners, and I think you know some too, I must admit I find that difficult to believe. But these two would be criminal matters and should be dealt with by the police. I mean, this really should not have even gone so far. I was a bit disappointed by Lesiba. I heard him earlier <coughs> when you were interviewing him. Because the CCMA, uh, the Commission for Conciliation, Mediation and Arbitration, is not a court. It's not an alternative to the Labour Court. The CCMA is a place where you conciliate, where different parties come together, and if conciliation cannot be reached, it then goes to arbitration, and if arbitration fails, it then goes to the Labour Court. So 
So I, I really don't understand what he's getting at. Mm. As regards, for example, the whole situation, I mean, that Nun maintains that many of Amku's members at Lonman, and that was the site, don't forget, are, of Marikana, are fraudulent. But look, following what happened on August 16 last year, when the majority certainly of members, including those on Wondercorp, where the shootings took place, were members of NUM, I'm not at all surprised that there were massive desertions from the National Union of Mine Workers. And I think, you know, if, if you've been cock of the walk for decades and you suddenly collapse into minority status, it can be pretty traumatic for any union leadership. And in our case, in South Africa, because the Kasata unions and NUM in particular are linked very closely to both government and the SACP, the politics then clouds the thing still further. Mm. I think what NUM should have done is said, look, we made mistakes, we messed up, some of our leaders have behaved grossly irresponsibly, making inflammatory statements, but now we will clean up our act and win back workers by providing the service and democratic control they demand and prove that we're a better union than UMCA. That's all. But, but in the meantime, uh, NUM continues bleeding membership. I mean, uh, for instance, uh, uh, there was uh, one gold mine that uh, declared AMCO. Um, yes, Sibanye uh, declared uh, AMCO a majority. So, so things are not looking up uh, uh, for, for NUM, at, at least for now. You have a situation where NUM ran for decades, let's say, it became the majority union. And in many ways, I mean, if they're being honest, people can become very complacent. And things took place on the mines. I mean, the conditions, the working conditions, the living conditions, etc., were pretty horrifying. They hadn't moved much beyond the old apartheid era. And miners were feeling very disgruntled. And when something happened as dramatic as Marikana, all that years of bits of resentment, of anger, etc., bubbled up to the top. The mine managements are also responsible for what they did in terms of living out allowances, etc., and the conditions they allowed workers to work in and under. And NUM was also responsible for not actually providing the service they should have. So when these people rebelled, it wasn't a question of Amku or some Swedish woman standing on a mountaintop speaking in fluent Zulu that had anything to do with it. These people set up, these miners set up worker committees and organized themselves democratically and then looked around for a union organization, Amku, which has been there, let's face it, since 1998, registered in 2001, and they poured into the existing facility of AMCU, if you wish, who said, right, we will listen to you. We will be more democratic than NUM has been. We will provide the service. Whether they can or not is another matter. Hmm. But it's, it's open. It's, uh, Lesiba was correct when he said, well, we have to acknowledge there are other unions. Well, of course you have to. Indeed, uh, they will have to. Thank you very much, uh, Terry Bell, who is uh, an independent labor analyst right here on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. We welcome your SMSs, plenty of them. I'm going to be going through uh, uh, quite a, a number of them. Of course, uh, Castle Matale being recalled as the premier of uh, Limpopo. We ask what kind of legacy is he leaving behind? A uh, mixed bag of uh, your comments, really, coming through also at Guanabi. News. That's our Twitter handle at Kuala B News at SAFM Midday Live. 12.30 now. Once again, let's say good afternoon to Otsile Saku with the news headlines.
It's uh, 28 minutes to one right here on Midday Live on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Just uh, a few of uh, your tweets coming through at Debza Mashecho saying that uh, SAFM Midday Live, I'm not surprised with the resignation of uh, Comrade Matale. Zuma is cleaning out his enemies one by one. Well, this one coming from uh, Dawood Doma saying that uh, funny how Mabitzela spokesperson for Limpopo government does not have the reason why Castle Matale were resigned or was fired uh, what has been doctor and um, Tutuzeli says uh, that hi uh, no le- legacy just a uh, malemophobia which is uh, corruption and uh, disrespect and as Pio uh, in KZN says that uh, good riddance uh, if you agree to play a chess game and if you lose you don't run away with a chess board in midday live thank you very much and uh, this one says uh, from Tutuzeli hi he is living shame uh, just some of your SMSs coming through. But Max Mungero says uh, Noom should just concentrate on conversing membership because now it is almost clear the workers have decided. It's uh, 27 and a half minutes uh, to one. The Motimole man accused of uh, mutilating his ex-wife in a bonnet, killing her 19-year-old son, Conrad, and orchestrating her gang rape seems much less self-assured during the judgment today. Judge Bert Bam started delivering his judgment in the 18-month trial shortly after 8 this morning. From on this, we joined on the line by our reporter Lila Machnas uh, from the North Houteng High Court. Good afternoon to you, Lila. Talk us through what's been happening since this morning. Well, the judge is getting into the meat of the judgment now. He's giving, um, saying whether the people who testified were credible witnesses or not. A few minutes ago, he found that Inabunet was a good, reliable and trustworthy witness and that her testimony was credible. He said that, um, that you know, what happened to her must have been physically and psychologically a very traumatic experience, and that he can't hold it against her that there's some omissions in her evidence in chief and the statement that she made to the police. He said that she acted like a person would actually went through something as traumatic as this. He also said that, you know, it, it, people make mistakes. It is, um, you know, that is, that is human nature. He's not saying she was a perfect witness, but that he believed the evidence and that she had no reason to lie. And, uh, well, it's going to be a long judgment, this one. We expect it to be wrapped up by this afternoon, maybe even go as far as tomorrow. No, the judge indicated last week already that he is going to finalize the judgment today. He said that, um, you know, even if we have to sit longer, um, he definitely wants to finish. I don't expect it to last too long um, this afternoon because he's already, you know, summarized all the evidence this morning and he's basically finished with Inabinet as a witness. So he just has to go through the other, um, you know, people who testified. He also said that it's important for the, the court to decide what happened on that day in the house in Modimoli, and then to place in context what the experts, psych- psychologists testified about Johan Kotz's state of mind on that day. So that is the next big thing that you're waiting, because he said, you know, um, he ruled that the state must prove that Kotzer was, um, you know, that, that he can be held responsible for his deeds on that day. And he now is going to make a, a, a ruling on the evidence of the experts regarding this. So we're waiting for that to happen now. But uh, what is uh, Johan Kotzer's state of mind today? What is his demeanor? 
well, we can't speak to him, so we don't know what his state of mind is, but he doesn't seem as full of self-confidence that he usually is. Usually when he comes into the dock, you know, he blows kisses to his family, but today he came in, he sat down, and he looked down. We, um, you know, he would usually look at the judge. Today he seemed much um, less self-assured, if I can put it that way. Thank you very much to our reporter Lila Machnas. We go further afield now to Zimbabwe. Day two of uh, the special voting ahead of uh, July 31st election uh, currently underway with its own fair share of glitches after a rocky start yesterday. Uniformed forces and electoral officials are casting their ballots. The special vote is seen as a dry run for the month and uh, general election which uh, will end a fractious coalition. Let's talk now to our uh, correspondent in Zimbabwe, Shingai Good afternoon to you, Shindai. Good afternoon to you, Bobby. We're highlighting a fair share of glitches and a rocky start to uh, the special vote yesterday. What is happening today and also how are the uh, other political parties, opposition, reacting to uh, yesterday's proceedings? Well, um, today's uh, process, electoral process, is um, slightly better. Uh, what we've seen is uh, the ballot papers uh, arrived this morning. Um, even though some of the election officers doubt that there'll be enough uh, to to cover the the people that are remaining in the queues, um, and as far as uh, people being turned away, still uh, many of the officers are being turned away because their um, special voting envelopes um, are yet to arrive. Um, in other places, uh, they're using the electronic voters' roll, um, so they haven't been able to cross out the names of the people that have voted. Um, so really, I think uh, in terms of uh, the process um, is still marred uh, by logistical challenges. And uh, you're saying today it's looking better than yesterday, but uh, the, the MDC really is, is, is really not happy about what has been happening so far. We understand they're going to court also. Yes, they are actually um, in court. Uh, the, the session started about 15 minutes ago where they will try um, to persuade the judge uh, to order the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission to make available uh, the, the voters' role that relates to, uh, to the special role um, or to the special vote. Um, what they also want the police to do is to um, account for the infl- or what they say is the inflated numbers um, of applications that they put in uh, for, for the special vote, uh, 69,000 against what, the, what Finance Minister Tim Diabetes says um, is, is a payroll of 44,000 uh, police officers. And so what they want is for the High Court to, um, to invalidate this particular special vote. Uh, we're not sure when the judgment uh, will be given today, uh, but obviously that will have a bearing on how this process ends. Uh, but so far, um, really with the numbers of, of, polling, of police officers that are still waiting to vote, it really looks unlikely that, uh, despite the fact that it's the final day, uh, that they will uh, be able to vote today. Mm. Uh, but also, uh, the, uh, the MDC is alleging that uh, they've seen quite a, an extraordinarily large numbers of uh, the uniformed forces, so they're even suspecting that uh, some of those people are not even uh, the, the police or the members of the army there. The, the greatest number of people that we've seen at the polling stations are police officers, and uh, clearly the Zimbabwean Electoral Commission is overwhelmed. Uh, there are probably about one to 2,000 uh, that are there today. Yesterday uh, there were slightly more than that, and that really goes around many of the polling stations around uh, the city centre. 
um, difficult to quantify um, how many of, of them will actually be voting of the 69,000 uh, that applied. But according to the Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe Electoral Commission uh, and, and the police itself, that these extra numbers, these added numbers, have come about uh, because they've had to recruit reserves uh, to cater for the security of, of the uh, July 31st election. And um, so those arguments will be heard um, in court uh, today. Thank you very much to our Harare-based correspondent, Shingai Nyoga, at 20 minutes to 1. Just a few uh, SMSs coming through here. Matale's resignation serves as a relief to the citizens of Limpopo province. That's Michael Ramotwala in Ward 7 of Zanin. Crime, my beloved ANC, that's Tony. And uh, this one coming through from a blessing from uh, Marishane, saying that I take my hat off uh, for Comrade Matale. He acted like a real ANC combatant combatant uh, that knows what uh, is uh, to be an uh, ANC deployee. This one says uh, he should join the EFF. He, he needs uh, to get enough money to buy Italian suits. Maybe Juju can lend him one of his. And uh, from uh, TN in uh, Polokwane says, Matale leaves behind a legacy of corruption, having been uh, the leader of uh, the greedy mafia. Where else have you seen a premier claiming kilometers while on uh, official vehicles? Uh, are this working in order? All right. And the final one says, uh, good move for Matale's resignation as Limpopo was in a serious problem. Tenders uh, allotted to unskilled contractors. That's Simon Tolle in Everton West in Sibugeng. It's uh, 19 minutes now to 1. Former world champion Tyson Gay and uh, Jamaica's ex-100 world... Uh, 100 meters world record holder Asafa Powell have failed drug tests. American gay at 30, the joint second fastest man ever over 100 meters, was told by the U.S. anti-doping agency that his A sample from an out-of-competition test in May was positive. The BBC's Nick Davis reports from Kingston in Jamaica. Jamaica's Asafa Powell has run one of the quickest times this season, but along with four other of the island's athletes, he's failed tests for banned substances. The small Caribbean nation that's a sprinting superpower has prided itself on being clean and drug-free, but now its reputation is on the line. Sharon Simpson, who won a gold in the 4x100-metre relay at the Olympics in Athens and silvers at Beijing and London, also tested positive. The rivalry between Jamaica and the U.S. is fierce, but they too had shock news. The American Tyson Gay had recorded the fastest time over 100 meters this year. Impressive after coming back from injury, but his positive test could see his preparation for the World Championships count for nothing after this result. Sometimes when you get to that part of your career, the, the, you know, the second part of your career, maybe a hint of desperation comes in and you start looking for other things. Whether he's done it, as he said, of his own volition or whether it's been someone in his camp who's, um, who's sent him down that path, it's, it's absolutely the wrong path to go down. Powell, Simpson and Gay have all issued statements admitting they've unintentionally taken banned substances. Questions are being asked about what these results mean to athletics and the world of sprinting. That's uh, the BBC's Nick Davis reporting from Kingston in Jamaica. With that, now time for your lunchtime market updates. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Clinton Smith is uh, the portfolio manager at Sasfin Securities. Good afternoon to you, Clinton. How have the markets started the week so far? Afternoon. Uh, well, the market's trading slightly weaker today, uh, with the rand trading a little stronger. 
Uh, Asian markets up quite nicely uh, with the Chinese growth numbers coming in, coming out in line with uh, with expectations, and uh, and at the moment we've got uh, well the gold board's down 2.4 percent at the moment, uh, resources down just 0.2 of a percent, uh, industrials are trading flat, and financials are down 0.4 of a percent. Uh, overall though the market's just down 44 points at the moment, 0.1 of a percent lower, at uh, 40,691. On the corporate front, we had uh, an earnings uh, announcement out from uh, AngloGold, uh, rather Anglo Platinum. Anglo Platinum. Yeah. Uh, well, Amplats Ang- came out with a with a trading update this morning um, for their in- interims uh, to the end of June. Um, they expect uh, basic earnings to be between four and eighty and five and thirty-five cents a share, uh, which is quite an improvement over the one hundred seventy-eight cent loss uh, they made in the previous period. Uh, Amplats uh, attributing the uh, the increase to the weaker exchange rate and to higher sales volumes, and uh, currently currently trading uh, nearly three percent higher at the moment at two ninety-nine eighty-seven. And uh, any big movers today? Uh, on the upside today, we've got Grinrod, they're up 2.2%, 23 Rand 30. Uh, Nasvers are up 1.7% at uh, 795 Rand 90. Uh, Elovo is up 1.6% at the moment, 31 Rand 19. And OrcelorMittal is up 1.3% at 34 Rand 95. Uh, and then trading lower, uh, Goldfields down 3.3% at 50 Rand 93 cents, uh, with a double whammy there of the gold price and a, a stronger Rand. Uh, Anglo Gold also down 2.4% at 124.40. Uh, Sapi is down 2.2% at 25 Rand 95. And lastly, we've got Harmony down 1.9% at 33.87. And uh, your latest market indicators? Uh, gold's currently sitting at $1,283 an ounce. Uh, platinum's $1,413. Uh, Brent crude's trading $105.50 a barrel. Uh, the yield on R157 is currently 6.04%. And then finally, the rand's at 9 rand 94 to the dollar, uh, 12.93 to the euro, and 14 rand 96 uh, to the pound. And that's it from me. Thank you very much, Clinton Smith of Sussman Securities. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, please can you order me a midday blood sugar leveling gastronomic experience? Lunch, sir? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed, data, cloud and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Midday Live on SAFM. 104 to 107. Johannesburg's uh, Metro Bus Service is fully operational following last week's strike action. On Friday, the strike was called off after management and the Municipal Workers Union, SAMU, reached an agreement. Bus drivers downed tools, demanding that the company's acting managing director, Lawrence Maklokwane, be suspended. They are accusing Maklokwane of, among other things, contravening the company's recruitment policies by hiring people without uh, advertising posts. Edwin Sidi reports. The Metrobus strike ended Friday with parties agreeing on a number of issues in terms of the agreement. An independent party will be appointed to investigate allegations leveled against the company's acting MD, Lawrence McLaughlin. Workers had demanded that McLaughlin either be suspended or placed on special leave pending investigations against him. Samus Fanuel Chikova says they are happy that allegations against McLaughlin will be probed. He explains 
What was agreed to? That the independent professional will be permitted to contact with any forensic or auditing firm of choosing for the purpose of conducting the investigation. That the investigation will be a forensic investigation to establish the prima facie evidence to, com- to, to commence the judicial proceeding against Mr. Matakwan. Misconduct emerged from the investigation which warrants the suspension of bringing the charges against Matekwane. The applicant will track such actions against him following compliance with the relevant collective agreement, as we were always insisting that we are being guided by the collective agreement within Metrobus. The strike left thousands of commuters stranded across Johannesburg, with Soweto being the hardest-hit area. It was business as usual as commuters point throughout the city. However, some of the commuters in the CBD say they are still experiencing delays. The bus I was waiting for at home was like an hour late, so I had to take a taxi here. But I can't find the right bus, and everyone is late. I was here at 8.25, mm-hmm. and I'm still waiting for a bus to read Meanwhile, Metro bus Rantima Tlabanes apologized to commuters for the inconvenience that the strike action has caused. Our buses are 100% operational. Our sincere appreciation to our commuters, our 90,000 commuters who were inconvenient by the strike, we confirm that they should be able to get their metro bus at their uh, uh, bus stops throughout uh, the greater Johannesburg area. The one-week strike action is said to have cost the metro bus nearly 5 million rand. Meanwhile, there's no end in sight to a pick-it-up strike launched by municipal workers. Pick-it-up employees are entering third week of a ghost law campaign. Rubbish overflows from dustbins lies on roadsides in affected areas. Workers are demanding that the company continue to provide them with transport from the depots to their workplaces. The waste management company has since issued suspension letters to 1,600 employees. The entity says those issued with the notices will face disciplinary hearings during the course of this week. Desringjingila from Pick It Up says they are working around the clock to clear the backlog. We've managed to cover about 90% of what was uh, what was outstanding, and uh, the only areas that are outstanding now is Avalon and Ivory Park, which just need to be cleared, and a few areas in Randburg. So there is improvement, and most of our depots are now fully operational. The Municipal Workers Union, SAMU, has since hinted that it will challenge the waste management company over its decision to suspend workers. Edwin Ntsidi, SABC News, Johannesburg. Let's uh, go through some of uh, a couple of SMSs coming through 34701. You heard uh, our top story this hour. Uh, Castle Matale has been recalled as uh, the premier of uh, uh, the province of Limpopo. And you'll remember in March also he lost uh, the chairmanship of uh, the ANC in that particular province when uh, the provincial task team uh, took over. What do you give a man who forever changed South Africa and the world? Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace. For all, let there be work, bread, water, and salt for all. Let each know that for each, the body, the mind, and the soul have been freed to fulfill themselves. On July 18th, SAFM heads to the rural outskirts of Limpopo. We're completing the construction of two daycare centers in remote villages for hundreds of underprivileged children. And And they're they're awaiting awaiting your donations. donations. Clothes, books, shoes, stationery, educational material and toys, 
can be delivered to the SABC studios in Johannesburg and Limpopo until July 16. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It is in your hands to create a better world for all who live in it. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. And this is how Kassel Matale closes his uh, resignation letter. The African National Congress represents the past, the present and the future. It is only the African National Congress-led government that possesses the capacity and expertise to create a conducive environment where people live to realize their dreams. As a disciplined member of the African National Congress, I will forever be guided by the movement. Working together as a people, we will achieve more. Thank you and goodbye. And uh, SMS is here. Bongi Num is busy fighting Vavi Amku is uh, taking members that's from Skumbuzo and this one says this is long overdue corruption was the order of the day under his leadership in Limpopo he looted the taxpayers money uh, for his self enrichment he should be held accountable for the total collapse of service delivery in the province his track record as a premier in Limpopo is a nightmare and poor that's Nguato from uh, Limpopo and uh, this one says uh, before Mangawung ANC conference president uh, Jacob Zuma's supporters were talking about continuity ANC asking Premier Mata to resign is it still continuity and uh, this one says uh, who is uh, uh, better uh, who is better is Eastern Cape or Limpopo or Pumalanga Zuma or Matale and uh, finally from NCOCP uh, in Peter Maritzburg corruption tendency of association and protecting hooligan clubs that's NCOCP uh, writing to us on 34701 in Peter Maritzburg time now for create with Michelle Constant Create is proudly presented by Business and Arts South Africa, bringing the business of the arts and the art of business together. The 10th annual WITS 969 Festival is currently underway at the WITS Theatre in Johannesburg. The festival showcases 11 productions that were featured at this year's National Arts Festival in Grahamstown. Geeta Pather is the newly appointed director at the Witz Theatre. 969 comes from the notion of it's exactly 969 k's to Sound, and it's a long trek. And what 969 does is attempts to create a little window into what that experience has been. But for me, the 969 this year is not just about getting the best. It was about reflecting the diversity of approaches and how artists, while they draw on what is happening in society, are still able to kind of give us a unique take on it and elevate our experience of life and make us more reflective and make us think. So it was about that. I feel very passionately about providing opportunities for the arts fraternity, but opportunities that value artists. One of the productions showcasing at this festival is a family-friendly adventure, Lake, Conceived by Sika Zimba and the Dark Laugh Theatre Company, the story revolves around two brothers who are separated by a lake and who are eventually forced to join forces. According to director Daniel Buckland, the family adventure did in actual fact have its roots in a darker place. There have been a lot of land disputes and disagreements throughout Africa where a lot of water has been taken away by other government or corporations. Because a dam is built, the rest of the water gets funneled into a dam so other people are kind of forced into close proximity with each other and there have been reports of people fishing with an AK-47 and it came from initially 
initially quite a dark and important issue. So that was the kind of departure point. But from there, it went on to quite a different place. When I came on board with the project, they had a really startlingly strong image of babies, twin brothers set adrift on a lake and then floating away from each other and then building up their lives on opposite ends and then having them come together and then trying to find where the water has gone and trying to kind of adapt to each other's culture. And So that, for me, the poetry of these drifting babies and these recombined lives struck a chord with me. And from there, we started building on the narrative and we went to kind of a fantastic place, even though it has its roots in something quite dark and quite real because it's a family production. We really wanted to try and take the family and kids on an adventure. For performer Ryan Dittman, one of the important highlights of the play is the relationship between the two brothers. The relationship between the two guys was a very important part for us. That was almost more important than the story in the beginning, just getting these two guys, their relationship apart, and then when they come together, how do they fit together again? The production uses various theatrical elements, such as masks, projections, shadow puppetry, clowning, and physical theatre. Immediately, we started working a lot with quite startling visuals and trying to find the magic, not to kind of bowl anyone away with lots of text and lots of story. We really wanted to make images and find characters that the audience gets sucked into rather than have them sit back and intellectualize and piece mm-hmm. it together. We really wanted them to engage on a kind of more visceral, aesthetic level and introduce some kids to the kind of magic of theatre, you know, and how it can just take you to another place. It's Buckland's directorial debut since returning to South Africa after having spent his time in the internationally renowned Cirque du Soleil over the past few years. He describes how his learnings with Cirque du Soleil have influenced the production. It seems it's made me kind of ambitious in terms of the work because as a family production it is quite ambitious. The visuals and the different theatrical elements all combine into something that's hopefully a lot bigger than the sum of its parts. So I suppose specifically what I got from Cirque was the accessibility of it in a way and trying to move away from theatre that's didactic, especially family theatre that doesn't go, okay, now you must walk away with this meaning or with this thought, but rather setting up a fantasy world where people can come and engage if there are issues that it's based on that we're thinking about that will come through naturally so moving away from a didactic thing and then trying to enchant the audience Cirque du Soleil is famed for that setting up these worlds and these foreign fantastical places that people can disappear into for a short while the Vitz 969 festival will be running at the Vitz Theatre until the 21st of July whilst Lake will be showing on Saturday at 10.30 and then again at 2.30 I'm Michelle Constant. This feature was produced by Monique Stunder, and you can email me on create at barsa.co.za. Create, proudly brought to you by Business and Arts South Africa, creating new opportunities for business arts partnerships. Email create at barsa.co.za. And top stories this hour, independent labor analyst Terry Bell says it is not surprising that uh, the National Union of Mine Workers lost members following the Marikana massacre. When these people rebelled, it wasn't a question of Amku or some Swedish woman standing on a mountaintop speaking in fluent Zulu that had anything to do with it. These people set up, these miners set up worker committees and organized themselves democratically. Limpopo Premier Kassel Matale has resigned with immediate effect. He is the head of government communication in Limpopo, Tibazo Mabizela. The legislature will have to appoint a new premier. If that person will be someone from within the legislature, it will be an immediate appointment. But if there will be someone from outside the legislature, that person will have to be accepted as a member of the legislature first. 
And uh, that does it for your Monday edition of uh, Midday Live here on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Just uh, two SMSs here. Noom and Amko really fighting for that air-conditioned office. Lesiba Sishoga is saying a lot about nothing. And this one says, Midday Live, Noom is like a cow fighting to die even in Anglo-American platinum. Noom has got no space. Shame on it. That's Lunga from Rustenburg. My name is Bongi Kuala. Thank you very much for joining us and thanks to the team as well. Monday, Sam Kailus, Lamini and Mabubu. And the technical producers today, Olabehang uh, Monana, and of course we welcome Izzy Padayaji. He is uh, shadowing Olabehang uh, there uh, to get a sense of what goes on in putting uh, uh, the show live on air. He's a technical producer. We also thank uh, our senior producer, Nomaliza Mandela, for guiding us or for the guidation, as uh, <laughs> we used to say here on the show. And uh, Busi Chan and Obrusechie are our executive producers. Up next is otherwise with Nancy Richards. Enjoy the rest of your listening on SFM 104 to 107. Till tomorrow, bye-bye.